Welcome back, everybody, to the Oklahoma Drill Podcast. This week, we are going to be talking about the top three cornerbacks, that being J.C. Horn, Patrick Sertain, and Caleb Farley. Uh, Jets have a big need at corner. Right now, Bryce Hall is really the only guy on the roster you got some real confidence in. Outside of that, it's anybody's game. And in the modern NFL, you need people who can cover. So I'm going to be taking on Caleb Farley. Matt's going to cover J.C. Horn, and Vitor is going to finish things off with Patrick Sertain. Uh, Matt, I'm going to let you have the floor and get started on J.C. Horn because he seems to be the the top dog. Yeah, sure thing. Um, so I didn't, when I first noticed Horn, I wasn't even really watching Horn. I, I was trying to watch his uh, counterpart, Israel uh, Mukwamu, uh, and it, it jumped jumped off pretty uh pretty quickly that i was watching the wrong defensive back yes uh horn just he his physicality his his speed every single thing that you want in a quarterback just jumps out at you deliberately and right away and going into some history with horn he's got nfl bloodlines his father was pro bowl wide receiver joe horn yeah two of these Uh, guys have that, and that have makes pro bowl dads yeah. yeah it makes me feel really really old like, oh, well, yeah the watch is dead all time uh real quick all time touchdown celebration joe horn joe horn yeah yeah <laughs> uh let's see at his pro day he came in at 61205 ran a 439 uh at a 41.5 inch vertical jump wow Wow. Yeah. Uh, all these say elite speed and elite explosion. Absolutely. And I think it actually translates to the tape as well. Uh, it, you can see him against multiple very fast receivers being able to hold them mm-hmm. uh, going deep. He can even uh, cross the field with them as well. And you can see the explosion with his uh, click and close ability. As soon as uh, that receiver cuts off his route, He's able to stop on a dime and and really just bum rush him, and uh, these things are very translatable, and to the tape and to his uh, his measurables at his pro day. Uh, now, what I really like about Horn is his physicality, though. Yeah, it's like this this tough guy bully menace mm-hmm. that we really want for this team. We we've said in past episodes. Like the the kind of people that that Joe Douglas is bringing in the, these bullies, mm-hmm. these, these nasty. guys, these nasty people, and Horn acts the act and he backs it up too. That he does. Whether it's in press uh, man, press man, he uh, he's got a deadly punch at the line of scrimmage that will leave receivers that uh, discombobulated, and he also. Is a really good hands fighter as well. Yes. He'll, he'll hang with receivers down the line and he'll fight with them all the way to the catch point. Yeah, that's and what I love about him. Yes. Yeah. And, and at that catch point, that's, that's a, again, where he is very physical. He will interrupt the catching uh, zones all over the place. He's got a, he's, he's long, he's long enough. So he's able mm-hmm. to, to get up there and he, with that vertical jump, you, you, you know, he can high point it as well. Uh, so he's just very disruptive from line of scrimmage down the field everywhere. Uh, and he's the, he's the kind of guy that you, that you think would go very early and he probably will go very early. And if we want him, we're probably going to need to trade up for him. Right. And with the Sam trade and all the other 
uh, picks that we have lying around, we could do that. Yeah, they have the freedom. They definitely do. Freedom. Uh, I'm not necessarily that's what the Jets should do, but they absolutely can. Right. It wouldn't be egregious where J.C. Horn's a really good player and you have a big need at corner and you go up to make a move to get him, but you're not mortgaging your future to do so. Exactly. We we have enough to do it and feel comfortable with what we have left to right. still build around. Right. Uh, and get a great prospect. Exactly. You get a great prospect. Uh, one thing, uh, so he started out as a slot cornerback, uh, but he definitely fits more out on the perimeter. And I think one thing that I've noticed most about him uh, is that he uses the sideline as a as a tool, and it's it's very abundantly clear when when he's trying. Like he he has great sense of leverage. Yes, he will push these receivers to the line to the the end line and he will put the pressure on them to the game position and he won't give up an inch. Yeah. He's like Xavier Rhodes in that way a little bit where most of the time he's playing with inside leverage and he's just trying to squeeze to the sideline. And from there, when the ball's in the air, it's just play the receiver's hands. Exactly. Squeeze, yeah. press, play through hands, re- re- watch, rinse, repeat. That's JC. Horn. Exactly. But one thing I did notice is that he doesn't really turn his head around very much. No, Right. And that's what I was saying. Play through the hands. Exactly. Exactly. He he has great instincts and he, yeah, he plays through the hands, but I, I would love to see him turn his head around and locate the ball more mm-hmm. and uh, show, some, show some of the ball skills that he, that he does possess. Yeah. Cause he's got good ones. I mean, he's made some great breaks on the ball and made some great diving interceptions. That's and he would have more if he would see it. If he, yeah, if he could see it, he could play it. Uh, some other things I, I had to nick him for, uh, I feel like sometimes he does have a hot and cold motor when the play is away from him. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes he struggles to disengage from blocks. Uh, sometimes when uh, chasing down receivers or, mm-hmm. or running backs down the field, you can just see sometimes he'll just be like, eh, yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll get him next time. Uh, that's, that's, <laughs> that's not, that's not my problem. That's not my problem. And I don't like that, but when he is in coverage and the ball is hit coming his way, he is a monster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's more frustrating because you see him be so physical in coverage and like down with releases and with the ball in the air that it's you want to see him bring that physicality all the time, all the time. But it just it just isn't there. But maybe maybe that's something else that right. But you're to- you're also you're not drafting him to to beat blocks, so it's pick your poison a little bit. I mean, yeah, Deion Sanders uh, made right. a, a decent career, and he, he never right. made any tackles. Right. No one ever called Revis a good run defender. Yeah, I mean, he he could have he was at times. Right, yeah, he wasn't bad, but it wasn't but it wasn't necessarily if you know if Darrell Revis missed a tackle every now and again, it wasn't you know yeah. the end of the world. Exactly, he still had that island. You know, trading up for Horn for the Jets here would be like, I wouldn't do it, but it's completely understandable, right? Because he's everything the Jets need at the cornerback mm-hmm. position. Yeah. He'd be your D1 starting corner. Yep. He fits the scheme and he fits the mentality. So, you know, if Joe Douglas and Salah, you know, they fall in love uh, on Horn and say, hey, let's trade up for Horn. Let's get Sam's pick. Let's get another pick. Horn's falling. He's like 16th pick and he wasn't picked yet. Mm-hmm. You know, I wouldn't want the Jets for trading up. It really wouldn't. Yeah. yeah. One thing you said is that this, he fits the scheme. Definitely. And he is very scheme fluid. And yep. 
I think sure. like I think that's what we really need in a quarterback because uh Rob Robert Salia has, has changed his coverages a lot over yeah. time. And we need guys that play. can in the NFL today, you're just gonna just sit down and play one coverage all day. Even the Seahawks, no. they you know go pattern match and they do everything, you know. Mm-hmm. And Horn can do everything. No, he definitely can, and I think it. Well, the good thing with J.C. Horn is that he can do everything. But if you get to the point where, I think Robert Saga will be multiple, but I think at the end of the day, he wants to play three press bail more than anything else. Yep. And yep. J.C. Horn is great at that. Like, if you had to pick one thing J.C. Horn is better at than anything else, it's playing three-press bail. He can do everything else you need him to as well, but he's also, like, the guy that grows into your dream scheme fit. Yes. I love him. He's my guy. Yeah, he's good. I I love him, too. I love all three of these guys. I mean, they're all, you know, first-round grades for me. They're the difference between... You know how I would have them ranked one through three. They're all really close. There's a bigger gap between three and four than there is between one and three. Yeah, yeah all three of these guys are, are right up next to each other, and it's not all that far apart. No, no. I think that's a good transition into uh, into Caleb Farley, who I'm going to take on. Um, now, Caleb Farley was widely considered the number one corner in this class preseason. Opted out before the season this year. Um, and then, you know, had some injury histories and recently had to have a back surgery while training in the offseason. So the injuries have caused him to fall a little bit. Not playing for a year has also caused him to fall a little bit. So I don't want to say he's overlooked because he's certainly a big name and deservedly so. But he's fallen out of the guaranteed top 10 pick that he was being billed as a little while ago. And I'm here to tell you that if you watch the tape, that's freaking crazy. Because Caleb Farley is one of the best corners from a physicality standpoint. I'm not talking everything as a whole, but prototypical athleticism, one of the best corners I've ever seen. To be 6'2", 200 pounds, and fluid in every direction. It's not just 6'2", 200, and he can run fast, or 6'2", 200, and he can be playing and off, and he can turn and run any way he wants to go, he explodes. And it's it's really amazing to watch a guy be that big and play to his size. It's not like he's he's a big guy that moves like a small guy and he doesn't play big. He plays big. He'll box out receivers at the catch point. He'll make some great interceptions. But the fluidity in which he moves is is downright special. And it's 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 something to see. It's the one he can do this thing that I haven't seen. Any other corner do in this class, including J.C. Horn, where he's playing an off coverage. He'll be about seven or so yards off from the receiver and receiver starts eating up the cushion and he just waits. He just keeps his shoulders square and he just waits, takes a couple of steps back and the receiver can break in, out, shallow, you know, try and go around him or anything. And he doesn't care. He keeps his shoulders square. And the second he breaks, Caleb Farley breaks and he's so quick and so fast and so explosive. He keeps up wherever the guy goes. And you can do it from any position. And that is what I look for in corners. Corners have to be the type of guys that can be fluid in space and change directions at will in multiple ways at any given time. And Caleb Farley, for being so big, shouldn't move the way he does. Now, here's something interesting that I actually just learned about him today. He played quarterback in high school 
pretty much his whole career as a football player before he got to college. He played quarterback. He was a wide receiver, DB quarterback athlete in high school and went to Virginia Tech as a wide receiver. And the coaches saw him move at his size and how fluid he was and said, you could be a, an elite corner. And, you know, he didn't necessarily, it wasn't what he wanted to do, but he did it and he stuck with it. And the results have been explosive. And so I think that's when you're looking at something where it's, it's trajectory in projection. His projection is sky high because this guy's only been playing corner for a few years and the instincts he plays with, the ball skills he plays with, the awareness that he plays with, you can tell that it, it, now it makes a lot of sense to me sitting here going, well, how has he only played corner for a little bit? And he's so instinctive. He played quarterback. He knows route combinations. He understands passing offenses. And that helps on defense. Because if you know where the routes are going to be, you only have to cover where the routes are. You only have to cover where the guys are. If you know there's uh, no one's going to be vacating deep, you can play shallow. And that you can see that in tape where he'll rob some throws because he knows that he doesn't have to cover another area. And that's huge. And now, all of that said, you have to talk about the injuries. And <laughs> it, it crushes me. It crushes me because I am injuries. This is the weirdest alignment of a tape of a player being amazing and I love him and everything in his injury history me telling me no. Because I want to yeah. love Caleb Farley with every part of my body. I want to make Caleb Farley like a top 10 graded player. And I don't know if I can because A, a back injury for a corner, especially one who relies on fluidity and change of direction like he does, is scary. Yeah. It's also not his first. And injury histories, in my opinion, are the worst, worst thing. I would be way, way more scared of a player who has had three or four minor injuries throughout his career than one major one. Yep. And that's what I'm worried about with Caleb Farley. Now, there are specific situations and specific players where the talent is too much to ignore. And the risk outweighs the, outweighs the reward. And I think Caleb Farley might be one of them. Because if all the top offensive linemen are gone, and all the, you try and trade up, like we made the argument to trade up for J.C. Horn, if he's the guy you see and go, that's the attitude we need and he's everything. If you try and do the same thing for a lineman and you get nowhere too, and you're sitting at 23 going, I could take Jalen Mayfield or I could take Caleb Farley. I think I'm yeah, taking Caleb, Caleb Farley. Farley. Yeah. yeah. You don't pass on that talent. No. Pass. No. So here's the thing. What do you think his shelf life is with that injury if it's something that's chronic and something that nags him? Yeah. That's, that's, that's going to be the question. Part of me wants to bet because he's such a superior athlete that even if it, sh it, it hurts him a little bit, it's only, like he's still an 85% of Caleb Farley is still – a top 15 percentile cornerback in the NFL. And, and I watched the tape and I came to this comparison this morning. Cause I really, I wanted to go back. We were recording tonight and I, I love him so much, but I also am so scared and it hit me like a ton of bricks. He's Antonio Cromartie. Yeah. It's, that's my, yeah. It's, yeah. he's, he's, he's Antonio Cromartie. It's six to oh 200 right. fast as hell, fluid as hell ball skills for days. And just beats you because he's a better athlete. And if you can somewhat teach him a, to be a little more nuanced in coverage, to be a little more 
not so much just relying on his athleticism, which it's amazing that he's so good just relying on that athleticism. But if you can just teach him to be the slightest bit more disciplined, I mean, the sky's the limit for this guy. It, it, it absolutely is the limit. This is like we're talking about J.C. Horn, where he's scheme fluid. You could do whatever you want with Caleb Farley. You want him to yep. press? He's got gotcha. you. You want him to play off? He's probably the guy, best guy in off coverage in this draft at 6'2", 200. You want him to play catch? He'll do it. You want him to play trail? He'll do it. Cover two, cover three, regardless. You know, he, he has the, the ability to do that if he's on the field. And yeah. that's, that's the killer for me. Um, I, think I would have taken Jalen Smith 20th overall in 2016 over Darren Lee. I don't know how you guys felt about that, but I was a huge Jalen Smith fan. I'm, he was good. He was I find myself Lee. feeling the same way about Caleb Farley. Where it's like, even if, you know, he only plays at his top level for five years, those five years are going to be a top 10 corner. Does that make him worth it at 23? With no better options on the board, yes. I, I agree with Andrew here. If you have if your best option on the offensive line is Jalen Mayfield and Caleb Fairley's yeah. there, you take Fairley. Yeah. Take Fairley. Yeah. And again, scheme fit again. I mean, perfect scheme fit. Everything J.C. Horn is, Caleb Farley is. It's they're a little bit different, and I think Caleb Farley is a little more explosive in his movements and more breaks on the ball. And J.C. Horn is, I'm going to be fighting you down the route, and you're going to have to be like, I'm the the thorn in your side. That's just you're not getting past me. I'm in your hip pocket. I'm fighting your hands, and then the ball's in the air, and I'm swatting it away. Caleb Farley's the oh, you think you have space on me on this little out route, and you don't think I'm fast enough to break and pick that ball off, but I am. But he is. Yeah, but I am. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, I, and your own thing, that he's great when he's off. Yeah. Because when a receiver see off, cornerbacks playing off, mm-hmm. they just think, I'm going to take the line of scrimmage to the cornerback. You basically yep. release, you take your release to the place the cornerback is. And many cornerbacks, they panic when they see it, when they see the double mm-hmm. move the head. And Fairley doesn't panic. Mm-hmm. Doesn't he reacts care. Accordingly. Yeah, he, re- he reacts accordingly. Mm-hmm. The guy breaks outside, he goes outside perfectly, his hips are fluid. This was really, really impressive for me. You yeah. know, many guys, many young cornerbacks, they panic when receivers mm-hmm. head shake up off the top of the route. Fairley, hips is calm, he lets his athleticism play out. Yeah, he's so confident in his ability to turn and run with anybody that he's never scared of getting beat deep. And even if he does get beat deep, his recovery speed is something else. It, it is the amount he's going to get some interceptions as a rookie, I guarantee it, where some really good pro receiver beats him with a good double move and a quarterback lofts it up because he thinks it's a rookie corner. I just got to float it up. I don't got to. It's not going to be a tight window at the catch point, and Caleb Farley's going to run under it and pick it off with recovery speed. Like it is, it, it's. I can't on the tape. I can't find a negative with him. It's not there. Recovery speed yeah. for him. It's it, what reminds me. Reminds me of Cromarty. Yeah. You know, and also his weaknesses are Cromarty's were Cromarty's weaknesses. That's freelancing. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, both tend to freelance at times, but. The comp that you made here of Cromartie is for me is perfect. You know, Cromartie twelve was the best corner in the NFL. Best corner. Starting his ACL, Cromartie was the best corner in the NFL. Yeah, and I believe this is the ceiling of Caleb Farley. Yeah, I really think it is. I think his ceiling could be limitless. I I mean, and I know that's lofty praise, and I know that's everything. And you know, 
all of that, but if, no back back injury aside, Caleb Farley would be the highest rated corner I would in last year's class. He would have been the highest rated corner in 2019 for me. Like this is this is one of the best prospects we've seen at any position over the last handful of years. But the injuries are are just such a concern. And it's 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 a shame. It really is, because I, I want to just love him with everything and I love him with everything and then remember his back injury. He was my quarterback one easily until yeah. I started to worry about that back. Yeah. And I started talking to people that had similar injuries and they're like, yeah, this, this thing still yeah. next. Yeah. I have a back injury later. myself. And let me tell you, it's not fun. <laughs> it doesn't go away ever. And, and we're not top end athletes. <laughs> no, so. no. And I am nowhere near anything close to a Caleb Farley or, or even in the same stratosphere. And I can only imagine the stress that he's having to put on his back muscles every day that, you know, it's I hope that he stays healthy regardless of where he goes, because, I mean, I want to just I just want to watch him play football. It'll be fun. Yeah, I think I think that's good. Um, Let's get to Pat Sertain, um, who's another former son of a former pro bowler. Yep. Patrick Sertain, son of a former pro bowler. Uh, Nick Saban pupil, yeah. he can play the quarterback position. You know, mm-hmm. when, you, when you look at Patrick Sertan, I think it's Sertan. I just checked it out. Uh, he is perfectly built for the position. You know, long arms, that tall, tall guy to look. Hey, this guy, he can play receiver, right? He, he can play cornerback. Yeah, and he's he six two, and I don't think people realize that. Yeah, you know, six two, two away pounds. And he ran a low four four forty. You know, I was expecting worse, a worse time for me. I think it was four forty one. And yeah, you know, yeah. Tape down. showed tape showed closer to high four fours for me. Yeah, for me too. You know, he can play match. He can play pure man. He can play zone. But I do believe Sertan that he's fast and he's playing press coverage. You know, uh, when you talk about Sertan, you know, the thing that caught my eyes watching tape was his hand. You know, when he, when he, mm-hmm. when he, them early, he wins. When he does not, he loses. That's why he may find some issues playing a cover three team. You know, such yep. as the Jets. And I don't think he's comfortable with playing off and not touching the receiver, having to go no. through. But yeah. So his hands, to me, dictate the matchup that he's facing. You know, when he uses them early to get a filter for the receiver, when the receiver is going, he's fine. If the receiver is accelerating, accelerating, he goes with the receiver. You know, if he feels the breakdown with his hands on the receiver, he'll break down too. Yep. His hands do sort of a reading job for him, you know? Yeah. Sometimes They're extensions of his eyes. His yep, exactly. That's it. And, and, and this, is not good. this is not good at all because cornerbacks, they must react to the receiver's hip. And, and Sertan doesn't do that all the time. He reacts no. to what his hands tell him. And I really, I really didn't like that about Sertan, mm-hmm. you know? And I believe this is one of the reasons he's got the deep speed issue because when someone's running a deep route, the guy's running full speed. You cannot keep touching him all the time. But I guess like so, right. he kind of loses the guy in the in the track of his route. So, but I'm talking his negativities here because overall he's a complete cornerback. You know, yeah, he has smarts because the cornerback position is a position that requires a lot of smarts, and he mm-hmm. has it. You know, it's his biggest, it's his biggest plus for sure. Yeah, he played under Saban. His father mm-hmm. is a former footballer. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's about the best, you know, teaching you could ever ask for as a DB is to have a dad who was an NFL cornerback and then go play under Nick Saban. Show me a better. He'll be ready. He'll be ready for better matching if the Jets draft him and use it on third downs. He'll be ready for it. He did it under Saban and he excelled at it. You know, and he's really, really instinctive, Patrick Sertan. He can mm-hmm. find the ball, you know. He can find the ball. He, he, if he has his hands on the receiver and he sees, hey, this guy's turning, he will turn and he will fight for the football. He's really, really, really aggressive at the catch point, you know. It looks like sometimes the quarterback is throwing the ball to Sertan because he is going to high punt, you know. I believe Sertan is at his best when he's the boundary cornerback. He uses his hands in the sideline well. He's physical. And he was a lockdown corner every time someone tried to take a boundary shot on. It was, yeah. it was like amazing for me watching tape. Every time a quarterback went three by one set, nine routes against third ten, no way you're going to complete it. He played it perfectly. He was the sideline, yeah. was aggressive early, could turn his hands, his head to the football. I was really, really impressed with Sertan here. And his, his translation to the Jets and his scheme that will not allow him to be impressed, man, all the time. Right. Depends on a great coaching by the Jets, Jets staff. I think the Jets have a great staff, great defensive staff. Would be an easy trans- translation for him. I don't know. But he would be well coached, you know. Uh, yeah, absolutely. What I like, what I like about uh, Sertan is his ability to, to play the third down defense the Jets will call. Salah was asking on the press conference. Yes, that's a great point. What kind of quarterbacks are you looking exactly. for? And he said, guys that can get off the field. Yep, win one on one matchups on third down. That's it. The Jets haven't gotten off the field forever. Really, <laughs> with stock balls, we had busted screen with fast interference. Mm-hmm. And then you, you get Greg Williams, crazy blitzes, like yep. trying to confuse the quarterbacks. He couldn't confuse me watching from home. And the no. Jets couldn't get off the field on third down. No pressure. Now the Jets no. have Earl Austin. They have Vinnie Curry. They have Ken Williams. They have Sheldon Rankin. Yep. And now they just need aggressive cornerbacks that can press a guy, buy time for the pass rushers, and win and get off the field on third down. And I say, this is a great fit for Sertan. He'll get you off the field on third down. He won't lose on third down. He'll be smart. He'll play his leverage. He'll play the sticks. And, you know... I was really impressed with that, you know, his situational awareness. That's part yes. of his more learning under Saban gives mm-hmm. you. So this is my overall assessment of, of the player. Mark, he has average physical tools. He's not Kelly Caleb early. He doesn't have that fluidity on his hips, that deep speed, but he can do it all. You know, he, he, he'll get the job done. Yeah, it's you. good enough for I sure. Do. It's not a deficiency. It's just not elite. Yeah. But I, believe, I really believe... I really believe yep. Sertan be best suited playing too high scheme. Agreed. Know, three down, too high scheme, playing press. Mm-hmm. But if he falls to 23 guys, you take the guy. You really don't think about it. I do believe the yeah. Cowboys are going to take him. You know, he, he sort of has a Cowboys pedigree, right? Alabama, son yeah. of a former NFL player. He it fits. Like Cowboys. It definitely yeah, he fits. Like but I think, if, if, no, I think they might. Go ahead, Tark. No, no. I was going to say, I think the Cowboys, um, touch on them real quick, because they just hired Dan Quinn to be their DC. Yeah. I think that's Mm -hmm. J.C. Horn's ceiling. Yeah, I I like it there, too. Fun fact that I just saw that since you were mentioning Buster Screen and how many 
penalties he's had and just kept us on the field. Uh, Sertain didn't have a single penalty this year. Wow, that's impressive. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's uh, impressive. I mean, that's not versus Crane. But it, unlike Horn was is the kind of guy that will fight you and give those penalties. Yeah. But Sertain doesn't need to. He's he's just so fluid and yeah. and uh, works the ball so well that he doesn't really need yeah. to beat up the the receivers mm-hmm. to, to get. I it think done. that's his his dad's presence showing up is because he knows how to get away with it. I believe Horn is more handsy throughout the route, while Sertain, you know, he can attack the football with his eye to catch point. Yeah. Horn will try to wave his hand, as the guy said, but Sertain, he'll look back and just attack the football. Yeah. No, what you said with him being a complete player, I think that's where, yeah. where he shines more than the other two guys, is that if we're talking about who's the best football player, not who's the best corner prospect, the best football player is Patrick Sertain. Uh, like he's good at every, good at right. everything, not great at anything. Just like Trevor Lawrence, like right, that, that, exactly, right. It's yeah. it's I I liken him in terms of play style and where I see him fitting. Um, Prince of Mukamara when he was with the Bears, where they played a lot of too high. It was a lot of cover four, but it looked like too high. They also did some some buzz stuff, but mainly. The whole point of their system was they had Kyle Fuller on one side, who was the off coverage guy, and I'm going to take away, I'm going to be on the short shifty guys in off coverage, and then you had on the other side, it was Prince of Mukamara in press, and he was in his, you know, uh, cover four deep, you know, quarter in press, and he's just squeezed to the sideline and play uh, catch technique and cover two. And and that's where I feel like Sertain would fit really, really well, because he's technically sound, he uses his hands well, he's not... He's it's not grabby, but he's he's really good at making contact. He times his punches well. They're placed well, keeps in phase, keeps contact. And, you know, he'll just push into the sideline. And it's similar to to Horn, but Horn was the I'm going to push you into the sideline. But if you beat me, I'm going to turn and run with you anyway. And I just worry that, you know, I don't think Sertan can do that against the guys like DK Metcalf, uh, 50 snaps a game. Now, that doesn't mean that he's a bad player. That doesn't mean that he wouldn't fit with the Jets either, because I think he absolutely yep. would fit with the Jets. And I think he'd be I think the good thing, if you want to look at it from his aspect, is him and Bryce Hall would be interchangeable. Yep. And they wouldn't be tied to specific matchups or you can only cover the short safety receiver. Or you can only do this. They both could do everything. And I think that would be huge. Yeah. I agree. I agree. I agree. Really. Do. We need one of those guys here or maybe Nielsen and his lot corner. Yeah, yeah, I think that'd be a that's a good way to transition. You want to throw in some honorable honorable mentions? I know Greg Newsom is obviously the uh, the main guy, and um, we've had a lot of talks about him off air because you two guys uh, really really like Greg Newsom, and I for one, it's not that I don't like him, but I wouldn't say I'm quite as high on everybody else as everybody else. Yeah, he's, de- he's definitely like an all around guy that you can like because he's he's got exactly. the fluidity. I, I love his hips, uh, and he's just so technically sound. He uh, he's very patient. He'll uh, he'll wait to that last second before he makes his move and he makes it known what he's going to be doing. And he'll break on the ball pretty quickly, too. Uh, he's uh, he's got the speed too. he ran a four, three, nine, I believe, as well as uh, as Horn. Uh, he, he's got the tools, but like you said, maybe his ceiling isn't as high as the others. Yeah, right. I definitely. Yeah. I'd say it isn't. Yeah. But in, in the same breath, I would also say, but his, his floor is also very high. So what you're getting is. 
what you'll be getting is a very solid cornerback that can probably be a top 15, top 20 quarterback in the league perennially. Yeah, I mean, I like I said, we've talked about this a lot, and I keep trying to find what I'm missing. I mean, I'm not sitting here trying to hate on Greg Newsom or say I don't like him or or I very much think that I'm not seeing something with him and that it's more me than it is him. But the one thing that I keep coming back to with him, and I think it's just in comparison maybe to the three other guys we've talked about, is yes, he's fast and he has that four three speed. And when he needs to you know, carry a route deep, he can do it. But I worry about him in transition and I worry about him against double moves where if he's against a guy like Stefan Diggs, who the Jets would play twice a year, that if Stefan Diggs is beating them with six out routes in a row because he's playing off and but, you know, that's designed to beat off coverage, he's going to have to drive one of these times. He's going to have to drive on an out route and Stefan Diggs is going to run the out and up. And do you have the agility, the recovery and everything where even if you you get a good read on the play and you don't completely bite on the out and up, Stefan Diggs is going to accelerate so quick and he's going to get in phase and get down the field and you got to turn and go. And I just don't know if he has the speed and the fluidity to do that at the elite level that I think the other three do. Well, that's fair enough. Um, I think he'll yep. still go in the first round, maybe uh, in the 25 to to the 32 range. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he does fall out and he is there at 34. Yeah. He's uh, one of those fringe guys for sure. Yeah. And if we go in uh, uh, offensive line in the first round, uh, I could definitely see us grabbing him in, at 34. Yeah. Would be a good thing. Good value. Yeah. I'd be fine with him at 34. Like I, he's, if I had to do a top 50, he'd probably end up between like 37 and 42 for me on a top 50, which is not a bad player. That's a high second round player. That's a a solid second, you know, early second round grade. Uh, It's, and I think what you just mentioned, I think might actually, I think you helped me sort through my own thoughts, Matt, is that take him at 23 when you haven't taken a lineman yet. Now I'm worried. Yeah. Take him at 34 when you maybe got Tevin Jenkins at 23. I'm all for it. And it's the difference of Caleb, Far- Caleb Farley's ceiling or Pat Sertain's ceiling at 23 or trading up for J.C. Horn. Uh, you're going to get a, a stellar corner. I think Greg Newsom can be a really, really good corner. But if I'm passing on a lineman for him, it's going to make me question. But, but he, he's still good. And I think 34, 34 if, it was, if the first three picks were Zach Wilson, Tevin Jenkins, Greg Newsom, that's a heck of a first three picks. A plus. A plus. A plus. Agreed. Yeah. A plus. Agreed. Any other uh, honorable mention, guys? Do you guys want to pop in on? Maybe a Zante Sambo Jr. That was the one I was thinking of. Pick. Yeah, number 34. Yeah. He's my, yeah, he's my, like, I'm not sure where he's going to go guy. And if for some reason, now again, you would have to see where the Jets would have used their earlier picks, but. But if for some reason he isn't, if it's pick 66 and he's still there, um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you, you, you do. I think. Cornerback is a prime position. It is. He's a, he's a talented player. Is there a 66 you think? Um, probably not, but that's kind of where it's like, if he's there, 
I kind of don't even care if I took a corner already because they need a slot too. Mm-hmm. And I like Gidry. I think he can develop. I really like Gidry, actually. I think he did really well as, you know, an undrafted player being thrown into a bad position. I think he did well, but he's not stopping me from taking Asante Samuel Jr. if he's there at 66. I think he's mostly yeah. just a slot guy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I would feel comfortable with him on the perimeter. No, I, I wouldn't necessarily either. Um, but I also think in our defense specifically, he could do the Jimmy Ward thing where he's a slot on some downs and some downs. He's a, a safety that buzzes where, or maybe he's a, he's in man coverage, but he's lined up as a safety and he's on a tight end. I think, I think he could be, I think he could do similar stuff to that. It would have to be, we'd have to create a role for him and that's not always the best thing to do, but some guys, you know, you create a role because it's the role you're missing. But yeah. Is that role also joiner's role? See that, and that's yeah, and I think that might be where what it is is that it might be Lamarcus Joyner's role, and I think actually this is a a really good transition. Something I wanted to make sure we touch on. Um, Robert Sala has never invested in corner. Interesting. Yeah. Like, if you want to go back throughout the San Francisco Forty Niners and their history when he was a defensive coordinator. They didn't do it. I mean, they signed Richard Sherman, but it wasn't the we're signing Richard Sherman to, you know, the the next great huge corner deal. They took a chance on Jason Verrett. Other yeah. than that, it's been mid-round picks and signing, you know, low-level guys because they want to win up front. They invest in the front four. And Robert Sala says, I'm playing my defense. My linebackers are going to be in coverage. I'm rushing for if, you know, all all things going perfectly what I want. I'm rushing for letting my four, you know, up front kick ass and we're going to drop seven and, you know, have less responsibilities for everybody in coverage. And it allows us to not have to invest as much in corner. So I think it'll be interesting to see how the Jets do this because they're at a weird crossroads where schematically stylistically and you know team building identity aspects they haven't the people in charge haven't invested in the position but the jets are so bare they really have to i still think there's probably a signing or two to be done uh whether it's bring bringing pool back or uh bringing sherman in they need to bring pool back like they really need to bring pool back i'm surprised somebody else hasn't signed him yet to be completely honest yeah, yeah, I and mean, well, he does have. Doesn't he have an injury issue as well? Uh, yeah, but He's been healthy with us, but I, I feel like he had an injury problem in Atlanta. It's certainly a concern again, but I'm if you look at it as the whole of he only signed for a million seven million dollar one year deal the year before, has spent the last two seasons as one of the f- five best slot corners in the league. On a, in terms of full-time slot corners, I mean, he's been routinely one of the best. And some team that's a contender that has a, a need at corner or at slot specifically doesn't throw some money at him. The Packers haven't called and said, we need someone to come in and man the slot to let Darnell Savage play deep. And we're going to let Jair lock up outside and, you know, Kevin King, I guess, on the other end. You don't offer... Nine and a half million to Brian Poole for a year. I just, I'm just surprised that another team hasn't done it, and so it's why, like you're saying, I think they have to make another addition because they can't go in, you know, with their hands tied behind yeah. their back. No, 
not yeah. with Bless Austin and, and no. Hall as our, right. our best options. No. no, not at all. No, not at all. No, especially in this scheme where it's they're not putting as much on the corners, but they have very specific roles and very specific things they want, like we talked about earlier, winning on third down. Yeah. And that's not Blast Austin game. No, it isn't. That isn't that isn't Bless Austin's game. And I hope that they do something to address this position because I think after offensive line, it's their biggest need. It is need. Need, right. And it's you cannot go into the season with your two starting corners being Bless Austin and Bryce Hall. You can't. Yeah. And it feels like we've been saying this about the Jets corners for years. For years. 2014 Philip Adams and what? Antonio Allen playing corner? Oh my God. You remember that game? The, the famous Antonio Allen pick six on Tom Brady? Yeah, that that was him playing strong safety, manning up Gronkowski, big stick. Yep. Uh huh. Yep. And then Rex Ryan said, "Oh, you did that. You can play corner full time. <laughs> we don't. We don't need corners." Really yeah, well, I remember Philip hey. Adams. Remember this guy? War twenty four. Everyone called him fake gravy. Oh yeah. Starting against mm-hmm. the Chargers. Yeah. yeah no, the Jets. The Jets corners. Room. Yeah, the Jets corners room. Corner room has been bad for a while, and it really needs to be fixed. Um, yeah. hopefully they hopefully they address it I, I'm I hope that they make a move and get a third first rounder this year and I hope it involves giving up one of their future ones yeah because I They're think you go quarterback O-line and corner corner yep absolutely and if it's you know if you're worried that Greg Newsom isn't going to get to 34 I wouldn't be upset going taking 34 and trading into the back end of round one to take him if you got your lineman early. If you know it's a situation where you get your lineman at 23 and Sertain is somehow falling, maybe people are worried about deep speed. I I call Pittsburgh and ask what do you want? Yeah, I I they have more. It's like we talked about. Last week, again, they have more mid-round ammo than they need. They they need impact guys at premium positions and not so much depth in other spots um, it, it immediately. The team needs depth. It's not a deep team, but they have the opportunity to add depth throughout the next handful of years. They don't have the opportunity to wait on these crucial positions that are going to are going to kill the development. Yeah. I'm both good. Now, here's a nightmare scenario for you. Uh, you have oh Jenkins, AVT, gone. All these three cornerbacks, gone. Then what do you do? Is Jeremiah Wusu-Koromo available? Uh, well, that that would be my next stop. Yeah, that's what I'm looking at. I'm looking at JOK. Uh, hot take. I'd take JOK over anybody else in this draft class at 23. Really? I He would be... Uh, he would be a defensive rookie of the year under Robert Sala. And then like, we're, we're expecting all pros from the years on after that. Yeah. Yeah. He would be uh, switching from will to Sam. I think you keep him at will. Just keep keep, him at will. Just keep him at will and let him be super KJ. Right. I'd be okay with that. Yeah. I, 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 there's not a better 
match of player to coach to need of any player of anybody in this draft class to me than Jeremiah Usukoromoa playing linebacker for the Jets. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. I don't yeah. think he's going to make it. I don't think so either, but if he's there. <laughs> oh my God, if he's there, I run the card in. I don't care. I would take him over AVT. I'm not kidding. I know that's sacrilegious. I know it is, but I, he would be the best. Yeah. He could be the best will linebacker in the NFL in two years. You would hear a lot of grumblings. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I would understand all of them because you know, why'd you just invest in your quarterback? You just took second overall. I get it. I'm not saying that it's, he's the only guy I would take over AVT. I mean, frankly, I think we can, we can cover inside uh, O-line at 30. Right. It's a deeper position. Maybe cornerback at 66. So it's, I think we, yeah. we have solutions in place to cover those two mm-hmm. positions. Yeah. The and different, still, yeah. Yeah. And still take JOK. Mm-hmm. The difference in JOK and Zaven Collins to the, the mid round linebackers to me is a bigger difference than the top three corners and the top offensive tackles to the mid round players of those positions. Yeah. I think that's a fair point. Yeah. Again, I don't think he'll make it there. I actually think he's going to go ninth overall, but that's if he did goodness. Um, anyway, I think that's a good place to wrap up. Um, Jets have to add corners, have to have at least one more starter. Uh, it's going to be a rough, rough time on defense if they don't, because as much as they've loaded into the front four, it's not peak 49ers level yet. So, yeah. Uh, we got to hope. Um, yeah. Uh, next week we are going to be talking about running backs. So make sure you guys check in. That's going to be a really fun episode. Hope can't wait for you guys to hear. Um, as always vote in the poll below, make sure you guys pick who you want to win guys. Let's throw our Twitters and get out of here. Uh, you can find me at, at Zazzy jets. And you can find me at Pico five. And I am Andrew golden underscore 17. Thank you guys for listening to the Oklahoma drill podcast. And we will talk next week. All right. Bye guys.